Ezekiel tonight. Ezekiel chapter 16. And we're going to read verse 49. And like I said tonight, I'm not in a bad mood. If I sound grumpy in this message, it's just my voice. Uh, the singing definitely put me in a good mood. And I, I really enjoyed that. But Ezekiel chapter 49 and verse 50 says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her heart, or was in her, and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty, and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. I want you to we're gonna kind of go through these verses here, but you know, I one of the things I was reading this some time back that kind of struck me about that passage, and usually when we think of Sodom and we think of the sin or the iniquity of Sodom, and usually what's the first thing that comes into our mind? You know, we think about the men of Sodom. You know, we think about the homosexuality that uh, was a part of Sodom and Gomorrah, and that definitely uh, was a wickedness that the Bible is talking about there. And we think about how God destroyed them, and really from the book of Genesis, that's you know really the main and the only sin that we really know about. But we see here in Ezekiel, it mentions Sodom and why it was destroyed. And it names off several sins. And really, if you go through all of them, the committing abominations, the one that we talk about all the time, is the last thing that's mentioned. And I think with all these sins that are mentioned here, it's kind of a progression that happens there. You know, people don't just overnight turn to just deep, horrible abominable sin. It doesn't happen overnight. I know what's going on in our nation right now. Just horrible wickedness. It's just running rampant. It, that stuff does not happen overnight. It's kind of a progression. It goes over a long period of time. But really, when we look at, I guess, you know, if I don't know that God was necessarily giving us the order of the sins as far as you know, from the greatest sin to the worst sin. I don't know that that's what's happening here. But I think when you look at the Bible and when you study these sins, you can almost see that maybe that's exactly what is happening right here. God's just kind of showing a progression here. And really, and there's some things we can learn from that. But first, let's look at these sins. Because notice the very first thing it mentions says, This is the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. And the first thing it says is pride. The very first sin that it mentions is pride. Genesis chapter 13, verse 10. It says, And Lot, uh, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Notice uh, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, it talks about like, it was a beautiful place. It was well watered. It, so it probably was a very prosperous place too. And this city, I think as a result of their prosperity, possibly, they ended up getting lifted up with pride. And in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, we see the Bible says, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. And in Proverbs 16, 18, says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, whenever we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, could it be that one of the main reasons that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was because of the pride? that those people had. Now, I'm not going to declare to you tonight 
exactly you know one sin because right here it names several. But I'm going somewhere with this, and I want you to pay attention. But notice the pride that they had. The Bible says, "Pride goeth before destruction." And while we would all were always quick to say the abominations that they committed in Sodom was the reason God destroyed them, we see in the Bible that God or the, the pride comes before destruction. That pride will also destroy. Pride can bring down a city. Also, we see here, and it says pride, and then it also says fullness of bread, fullness of bread. Genesis chapter thirteen ten. We read it talks about it being well watered. This was a very prosperous city. They had everything they needed. Why did they need God? That was in their minds. That I tell you what, and you know, as we go, is this has this yet reminding anybody of any place in particular? I mean, pride, fullness of bread. Ringing any bells with anybody yet? I don't know. Let's keep going and maybe we'll see where this is going. Because I'm telling you right now, this ought to spook us a little bit. Okay? And I'm not making any prophecies or anything tonight, but I want us to learn something. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He told him, he said, beware, because you're going to go there and you're going to, he said, you're going to get full. And he said, when you get full, you know, hunger helps us remember the Lord. It really does. So I think that's one of the reasons. I don't know what started praying before meals. I really don't see where that's commanded in the Bible. But yet it is kind of a practice. and I think it's a good practice. But I really think that people probably used to do that because they were actually hungry before some of their meals. And when they would get to eat, they thank God for it. And really, you know, do we have that problem today, most of us? I mean, yeah, you got hungry during the service this morning. Maybe now Pastor went a little long. No, that that's not hungry. Okay, just because your stomach's ground, that doesn't necessarily mean you're hungry. I mean, talking about really lacking the nutrition and things that you need. And can you? I mean, imagine not knowing when you're going to get your next meal, not knowing where it's going to come from. I think if we were maybe a little more hungry, we'd probably thank God a little more. We'd probably seek God a little more. But they had that fullness of bread. And they forgot the Lord. And that did happen in Israel whenever that God would bless them and they would prosper and they would forget the Lord. God warned them about that. But it's almost, you know, the Bible never declares it a sin to be to be full, but it often warns us about when we're full. Because we do. We forget the Lord. And then, and I tell you, if it didn't ring a bell when we mentioned pride and fullness of bread, this next thing it ought to really ring a bell. I guess a place very similar, uh, Luke seventeen verse twenty eight. Uh, well, let's go uh, back to uh, Ezekiel chapter sixteen. It said pride, fullness of bread, and then it said abundance of idleness. Abundance of idleness. Luke chapter seventeen verse twenty eight says. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, 
They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Talking about the days of Lot there. They were going along their merry way. It was just a normal day to them when God destroyed them. But we see here in Ezekiel, part of their problem, abundance of idleness. Now, I'm telling you right now, I believe that's our nation today. You don't think we're an idle nation today? Just see how well the video game industry is doing. And you know the cell phone industry is doing. I mean, people these days, they've got a lot of time on their hands. The amount of time that people will sit in front of the computer just you know, chatting with people and just aimlessly browsing the World Wide Web. I mean, there's a lot of idleness there. And you know what? People get in a lot of trouble with that stuff too, don't they? I mean, they really do get in a lot of trouble with that stuff. It's like, how did you find that stuff? Just wanderingly, aimlessly through the World Wide Web. <laughs> Idle. You know, and right there, I mean, some of these things that people get into, it's like, you know, how did that happen? You literally have to have, I think, hours and hours and hours in your hands. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's why it's a blessing that I'm poor. I don't have time for that. I'm working too many jobs. I got too much stuff going on. I don't have time to get in trouble with that. And, but you know what? We got to be careful. That idleness will, it'll get all of us. It will get all of us if we're not careful. And we see here that that, just, you know, that that was one of their sins, abundance of idleness. So then it's not ringing a bell yet. What I'm talking about today is America. Alright, just America today. I mean, pride, just fullness of bread. I mean, you hear them talking about the hungry all the time, but let me tell you something. Our hungry in America are eating pretty good. Okay? Now, I know there are places where, uh, you know, there's kids, Living in homes where they're neglected, nobody knows what's going on in that house, and that parents taking every bit of help they're getting and using it for drugs. I, there are people like that out there, but you know what? Those kids that are starving, it's not because we're not doing enough in America to help hungry people. We're doing plenty. Just in our town here, okay? In our town here, just you know the amount of food pantries we have one here. There literally are a lot of the churches. They have different ministries where they do hot meals for people. And literally, I was talking to a pastor here in town. He said that if there's enough places out here that have food ministries and things, that somebody could literally go and get three meals a day, every day, cooked meals. You know, not to mention you know the food pantries and things. They give food out, and we've got fullness of bread in this country. You don't think so? You come out to the Walmart distribution center one day and you watch how much food gets thrown out at that place. I'm telling you, that stuff would be gold over in, in some countries. In America, ah, the can's dented. You know, we throw it out. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Because we are that blessed in this country. But, and all, but then notice here, and I, and, in Psalms, or, uh, it also said that they did not, this, and this I think is in America where on one hand, this doesn't fit us, but on the other hand, it does, depending on which way you want to look at. But notice the next thing it says: pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in their daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Okay. Now I just mentioned all these things that we do with food. Okay. We could go on. We could talk about all the welfare programs and things that are out there. I mean, uh, our our government, our site, we do a lot 
of handing out. But notice it said, didn't say they didn't give to the poor and needy. It didn't say that. It said they didn't strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. I don't, I don't think there's another country in the world that does more as far as spending than this country does. But as far as strengthening the hand of the poor and needy, I'm sorry to say we're not doing that very well in this country. These programs that are out there, they're not really helping people. There are some people that do get helped. But let me tell you, I think we turn more people into invalids than they I mean, I think a lot of these programs are literally weakening people. And so really, I'm sorry to say, even though we spend a ton of money in this country, I think that does fit us. We're not strengthening the hand of the poor and needy. It's like we, in our country, we do things to make people more weak. So they'll you know, depend on government even more, and it makes people worse off. And I think what we need to be doing is strengthening the hand of the poor and needy, not just giving and bringing them down and making them worse. But Psalm chapter 10, verse 2 says, "...the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices..." That they have imagined. It says they, you know, they persecute them. So now I know on the surface it doesn't look like that's what we're doing. But boy, I'm telling you, I've seen how these programs work. They bring, they're bringing people down. I mean, it is. I think that our government, I think a lot of the people that speak out on behalf of the poor, a lot of the activists and things out there, I think those people, some of them, have just done more to hurt people than anybody else. I mean, just it's absolutely not. I don't want to get into that too much because I'll get fired up. But I'm telling you right now, the Bible says the wicked, they persecute the poor. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. We don't want to, we don't want to ignore them. When you hear somebody crying out, that verse right there, that, that verse has always scared me. And let me tell you, you know, we do get a lot of you do hear a lot of cries. Sometimes it's people just begging. Sometimes it's just freeloaders. But boy, we want to be careful to make sure that we don't ignore. And if there is a true cry from someone who really has a need, we need to listen to it. We really need to pay attention. And they didn't in Sodom and Gomorrah. They obviously they did not strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And it brought about their destruction. And then also we see the Bible said they didn't strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And it says in verse 50, and they were haughty. They were haughty. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 9, the show of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. That term haughty, that basically just means to be high-minded. You know, I'm telling you right now, there's there's some people out there, I mean, they're so wicked, okay? Their wickedness is so bad that that kind of there's certain wickedness that used to cause people shame. It used to cause them to hide in the closet. But what's been going on lately? Now they come out of the closet, don't they? Now they come out of the closet and they are proud of it. And they have their gay pride parades and things where they just boldly flaunt it. I mean, there's all kinds of horrible, disgusting things 
that go on. I mean, they in this verse here it says they declare their sin as Sodom. It shows just haughty. I mean, just the pride, the arrogance of it. It's just, it's absolutely disgusting. It's wicked. And I'm telling you right now, that's America when it comes to the wickedness going on. I mean, wicked, proud of it, haughty. And then the final, the very last thing it says, it says they committed abomination. Jude 1 7 says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. It mentions in Jude the abominations. They're going after strange flesh. That was abominable what they did. But notice once again just how the order of these things it mentions. And I was, as I was saying this, I really believe that one of the things that leads societies and individuals to getting into this kind of sin, it really is, you've got to have a lot of pride. I mean, just the arrogance that some people have to think that they can get away with certain things. And I'm not even just talking about you know, the homosexuality and things like that. But you know, I, I've, you, know you hear about preachers all the time that fall into sin. And you just ask yourself, I always ask myself the question, what made them think that they could get away with that for one? Two, how in the world were they able to do that kind of thing and then get up and preach in a pulpit after that? And you know what the truth is with a lot of these guys? Pride. They got to be in such a big shot thinking that they were so great. They thought they could get away with it. The pride led to it. So that fullness of bread, it causes us to forget God. You, you can't have a walk with God and be committing certain sins. It's, it's not going to happen. You have to literally forget God. You have to get away from Him. And many times that fullness of bread is when it happens. Abundance of idleness, you've got to have a lot of time in your hands. Said so some sins, they don't just happen overnight. It was a it was a long progression. Like and nowadays too, it happens a little quicker. People, there's a lot of perversion and wickedness you can learn about just right on the internet. And you can just go and you can find out about any type of vile thing you want. Where there was a time, you know, you had to find the right kind of people. I mean, it was hard to get information on that kind of thing. But I mean, all these things. You know, not helping the poor and needy. You know why a lot of people don't do that, don't strengthen them? Is because they see themselves as superior to those people. They've got an arrogant attitude. Well, I'm there just because I work so much harder. If they weren't such a lazy bum, they would be like me too. I wouldn't get that attitude if I were you. That's not, that's not what the Bible calls for. But then haughty. Being arrogant about it. And then the committing abomination. So what, what can we learn from these things? Well, first of all, if God's kind of given an order, Naming the worst sin to the least of the sins, I think it's safe to say, you know, one thing that we have to admit, and there's a lot of other examples we can go into, but you know, when it comes to sin, God's standard is different than our standard. Did you know that if we were to have everybody in here write down a list of sins from the greatest to the least, you pick your top ten sins that you think are out there. Well, we'd all probably come up with a pretty different list, but you know what? It probably wouldn't even be the same as God's list. Because, you know, the truth is, we all have, I guess, different ideas, priorities when it comes to sin. And there are some sins that are worse than other sins. That's uh, that's, uh, biblical too. But, you know, the, the truth is, everybody has standards. Everybody does. No exceptions. If you were to go and talk to okay, somebody that we would probably think is a terrible person morally, okay, let's pick Rosie O'Donnell, all right? Okay, we might we might pick somebody like that. 
Well, did you know Rosie O'Donnell? She thinks, in her mind, you know, if you're a homophobe, I mean, that's just one of the most wicked things in the world. You know, if, if you're a homophobe, if you're, you know, a racist, a thing like that, you know, they will make a huge deal like that. They will, they think that they're superior because they're not a homophobe or something like that. They all have their things that they think are bad too. They get all over us when we talk about what we think is sin, but then they will jump all over our case about what they think is sin. But here's the question. So then, who's right? Well, it's the one, really the one that's right is the one who goes off of God's law. Okay? And the truth is, what book do they have that says, you know, thou shalt not be a homophobe or something like that? Well, they, you know, they don't really have anything. It's just their own ideas. What they own think, well, what they think themselves. But you know, even with the sins, the things that are sins in the Bible, the truth is, as churches, sometimes we make huge deals out of sins, and we make we don't make any fuss over other sins that maybe God sees as even worse. And I don't think we've got anybody in here. I hope it's not struggling with homosexuality or anything. But you know what? We might have some people struggling with pride. That is very possible. That could become a problem in our church. Is a pride problem, a fullness of bread problem. God's taking care of us, and we're getting, and we're forgetting God when He's been good to us. In God's eyes, maybe He sees that as far worse than somebody who grew up in a home was never taught any of the law. They they know nothing about the Bible. Maybe they grew up in a home where they were uh, they were physically and sexually abused. And their mind was just corrupted and twisted because of what they were surrounded by growing up. And then God looks at us. That maybe we grew up in a Christian home. We grew up in church. We know the Word of God and we still have a pride problem. I wonder sometimes if maybe God, when it comes to His standards, if we're sometimes no better than a Rosie O'Donnell in His eyes. I wonder if sometimes He's more upset with us. I wonder if maybe that's why Jesus was more upset and was meaner to the Pharisees than he was people like the like the publicans. Why was he meaner to the Pharisees than he was the woman who was taken in or in adultery? Why is that? You know, and the truth is, because we do we have this thing the Bible calls straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. You know, it's real easy for us to make big deals out of sins that we don't struggle with. Things that we don't have a problem with. While at the same time, I mean, we, so we'll just, I mean, we are just the embodiment of some of these other things. And we think we're great. I mean, I believe that kind of thing just makes God sick when He looks at us. I mean, and really too, for us to just, you know, to be so arrogant about these things, you know, because we haven't done some of these other things. We need to be careful because the truth is, it is, it's a progression. And if we've got a pride problem, if we have that fullness of bread problem, and don't we all want to be full? I mean, you know, a lot of these things, we almost shoot for it. Like, you know, me, sometimes I'm like, you know, I wish I could not be as busy. I wish things would slow down a little bit. But you know what? Maybe it's, maybe I need this. Maybe we all need to be, maybe we need to be that busy. Maybe we need to be a little poor sometimes. Maybe God keeps us there to make sure that we stay close to Him. If we get too full, we're going to get away and He doesn't want us getting to the committing abominations part. 
He doesn't want us getting to the haughty part. I mean, it's amazing how many people, just because of how much money they make, I mean, they just, they boom, they put themselves on a totally different level than other people. I believe God sees that as very wicked. And you think just because I don't commit the abominations part, you're okay with God. You know, the truth is, there's many other places in the Bible that had those same problems. We didn't see God destroying those cities. That kind of thing, it went on, it went on in Israel. They had Sodomites in their land all the time. Those places never got destroyed. Why is it that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Maybe it wasn't just that. It was those other things too. And boy, we need to make sure that we watch that. We've got to make sure that we learn. And here's, and here's really the lesson. What we need to learn to do when it comes to sin, and look, go ahead and hate sin. You know, we need to take a stand against what's going on in this country. But what we really need to do is we need to learn to practice the words of the song written by J. Edwin Orr that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Just because you're not in some immoral, physical relationship with somebody does not mean there's not some wicked way in you. Just because there's not this outward sin you're committing, you're not doing anything illegal right now, you haven't robbed the bank, you know, you haven't stuck up a gas station, something like that, that doesn't mean there's not something wicked inside of you that God sees and that God hates. These six things that the Lord hates. Proud look. God hates that type of thing. The very first thing that's mentioned is pride. Pride goeth before destruction. Listen, let's go ahead and stay scared of the abominations. Let's stay away from those things. But I think we need to get just as scared about some of these other things. Maybe even more scared. Don't let this happen to me. Don't let me get lifted up with pride. Help me to stay humble. Lord, help me to stay close to You. Help me to stay dependent on You because I don't want to be like the people of Sodom. And you know what? We looked at, it mentioned six different things. And the truth is, you can be five out of those six and be okay in most churches. As long as you're not the sixth one, most people in church won't have a problem with you. You could be all five of those other things. And people think you're a great church member. But what's God going to think about that? God destroyed a city because of all those things. As long as I'm not the sixth one, I'm okay. No, you're not. You might want to take care of those things. We need to be careful. So with that, let's go ahead and stand together tonight. Our heads bowed, eyes closed.